For the first episode, we'll discuss nutrition basics. We'll talk a little bit about macronutrients, micronutrients, and then the psychology behind nutrition. Uh, more specifically, what does nutrition mean to you? Is nutrition something that, that makes you happy? Does it stress you out? Uh, or is nutrition basically just something as basic as sustenance? Do you eat only because life requires you to? Do you eat just to fuel your movements? Or are you, do you have a more emotional connection to, to food? As always, the nutrition facts, theories, suggestions poised in this podcast will be, will be backed by scientific research, uh, you know, supported by various, various governing bodies within fitness or nutrition. Uh, you'll find that many times I will... I will suggest avoiding things like fad diets, uh, and that will be saved for another podcast. But most of the information you receive, as much as possible, will be uh, will be fact based and not not my own opinion. I will take time to discuss my experience within sport uh, and my journey with nutrition, but most of the information will be uh, will be fact based, research research backed. Uh, and not just, not just that, which is my own opinion. The biggest reason for that is I feel it is important to, to use the scientific knowledge and information that we have available to us to, to support a healthy lifestyle. Uh, when I go on social media or browse through the internet, I find a lot of information that just generally is unhealthy, uh, whether it's physically, emotionally, psychologically. Uh, there's a lot of information out there that would would likely set us up for failure. And again, that's my opinion on that. Uh, but when you start to look at the science behind it, and if you have any any kind of background in science or nutrition, physiology. Um, it's not hard to see that a lot of the stuff out there that's being proposed is not always the healthiest option. So, without further ado, let's get into the meat and potatoes, no pun intended, of this podcast. There are three main macronutrients, proteins, fats, and carbohydrates. And those are the three main nutrients that supply most of the food, the nutrition, the energy that you get on a day-to-day basis. So when you look at proteins, fats, carbs, over the decades, the last 20, 30 years, carbohydrates and fats have each gotten a bad rap. 25, 30 years ago, the idea, the media, the marketing message out there was on fat. If you eat fat, you're just going to get more fat. Eating fat will make you fat. Uh, that's not entirely true. Fat is a very essential part of your diet. Um, 
and then you fast forward 10, 15 years and the, uh, the message is carbohydrates are the, the devil. Carbohydrates are the source of all of your extra weight. And while there is some validity to increased carbohydrate intake contributing to weight gain, carbohydrates are a critical component in your diet. Uh, in the right ratios of protein, fat, and carbohydrate, the, uh, the proper ratio can help you gain or lose weight accordingly, whatever your, your goal is, uh, and help you live a balanced, healthy lifestyle. So when we look at the ratios, uh, intake of those three macronutrients, most nutritionists generally accepted theory and idea is 40 to 60% carbohydrate, 20 to 30% fat, and then the rest protein. Again, about 20 to 30% protein. Um, that can change uh, and should change depending on your lifestyle. Uh, if you live a more active lifestyle, your carbohydrate intake will likely be higher. Your de demand for carbohydrates will likely be greater. If your lifestyle is more sedentary, uh, your demand for carbohydrates should and would be a little bit lower. Uh, when I was a cyclist, my nutritionist had recommended my protein intake uh, be about 0.75 to 0.9 grams per pound of body weight daily. So at the time, I was about 140 to 145 pounds. Uh, I know, not very big. I was a toothpick up top with tree trunk legs. Uh, so if I took my 140 pound body and I multiplied it by 0.8, that would give me my, my recommended protein intake for each day. Uh, my carbohydrate intake at that time was about 60 to 65%, definitely on the higher end. But at that point in time, I was training, racing, um, exercising between 18 and 20 hours a week on average. Uh, so my, my metabolic demand for carbohydrates was much higher. Uh, you know, if you're, if you're looking to lose weight, it is generally accepted um, in the nutrition, nutrition uh, realm that you should reduce your carbohydrate intake. That is a, a very natural, normal, good thing. Uh, but be careful not to get to the point where you're restricting it. So when we say reduce your carbohydrate intake, if you're in the 40 to 60% range, you need to lose weight. You're talking about reducing into the you know 15 to 30 percent range uh, of your of your 15 to 30 percent of your macronutrients. Uh, that will allow you to not retain as much water weight, energy that's being intake uh, you know taken in uh, as food. There's less there's less glycogen energy being stored, uh, especially if you live a a sedentary lifestyle. Um, you know, so again, those those ratios, the balance, the proportion of uh, of macronutrients is is important, and a lot of it depends on your lifestyle. In subsequent episodes, we'll we'll take a deep dive into each of the macronutrients, and we'll we'll really pick things apart, and we'll talk about the energy system, uh, the energy systems present within your body. And your metabolism, and we'll we'll get a little bit better view of how the body 
how the body functions, what's really going on inside the body when you eat food uh, and when you, when you digest and you're fueling for your movement. Um, you know, I mentioned earlier, carbohydrates are a critical, critical source of energy for your body. Uh, they're the most available, the fastest to burn in your body, uh, and are very, very necessary. Um, when you're trying to select carbohydrates, you want to go for nutrient dense foods with a lower glycemic index. Um, and, you know, what does that mean? Um, unprocessed foods such as potatoes, yams, uh, vegetables, fruits, and beans, uh, those are going to give you more vitamins, more fiber, more minerals uh, than the processed foods like pasta, bread, you know, cookies, donuts, soda. Uh, these processed and refined foods are, are high, in, high in carbohydrates, high in calories, but nutritionally deficient. And we'll talk about that a little bit later uh, when we discuss the three, the three rules I have with, uh, with nutrition. So earlier in the introduction, I alluded to uh, the psychology behind nutrition. Um, you know, what does nutrition mean to you? Um, one of the things I like to do uh, not so much anymore, but when I was uh, when I was a cyclist, I would I would take notes, mental notes, sometimes physical notes on how how training felt, how I felt after eating, how I felt after you know waking up after five six hours of sleep, which was usually not enough. Um, so I had an idea of a pattern. I could I could start to see a pattern with with training, racing, eating. Uh, hydrating work, uh, you know, and my coach, my coach had recommended I do that, uh, mostly with, with training and racing and make notes and see, what do you feel like after races? What do you feel like after training rides? And I kind of slowly expanded that into the other areas of my life and included nutrition. And when I did, I would start to pick up on patterns and I'd notice, okay, I felt great today after this ride, or I felt fantastic in this race the whole time, you know, beginning, middle, end, felt really good in the, in the middle when the surges were going off. Um, and I could, you know, I look back at the last three to four days and, you know, how did my nutrition, my sleep and other, uh, aspects of my life, you know, what was, was there any common theme? And the big thing was with the nutrition I'd be able to see if, you know, if I had consumed alcohol, um, did I feel a little dehydrated? Um, what was my heart rate like? And one thing that was important to note, uh, important to note in this podcast, when I was cycling, um, if you're familiar with endurance athletics and cycling, you want to track as much information as possible. Um, uh, sometimes it can become a data overload. Um, but when you're on the bike, you're measuring speed, heart rate, uh, ascent rate, so your elevation gain uh, per minute, per second, per hour, however, whatever variable you want to use to measure it. Uh, you're measuring, you know, total time, distance, calories burned. You're measuring your power, if you're fortunate enough to have a power meter. And all of those variables allow you to paint a picture of what's going on with your body. And when you can start tracking your nutrition, 
you have a whole nother a whole nother variable to add and it's a very very valuable uh, component in the puzzle so taking taking notes I was able to see where where my fitness was going and where I where my psychology was going if I consumed hefty amounts of of processed sugar I I noticed that my my focus was not there uh, in training rides or in races if I was very very particular about what I ate and very healthy and no alcohol um, and kept my my diet balanced uh, everything just functioned a little bit better um, early in my career, I tracked nothing other than my heart rate and my my speed. Um, more specifically, I cared about my average speed uh, over the course of a training ride or a race, and you know that was that was cool to know. But uh, the other variables were far more important than than you know the the speed or heart rate alone. Uh, so I would encourage you, you know, whether you're an athlete or not, whether you're a weekend warrior or, or you just sit behind the desk most of the day. You get up a couple times a day to move around. Uh, maybe you exercise two, three, four times a week. Uh, whatever it is that you do, whether you're active, moderately active, or sedentary, take notes of, of what feelings you have when you eat. Uh, you know, what kind of response does, does eating elicit? Uh, is it a happy response? Is it sad? Do you find yourself eating certain foods when you feel a certain certain mood? Um, personally, when I get stressed out, I crave simple carbohydrates, you know, candy, and you know, I will I'll be noticing that I'm stressed and I'll want to stop at the store and I'll happily pick up a bag of jelly beans. Um, is that going to kill me? No, it's not going to kill me, but. The more I'm stressed and the more junk food I'm eating, the more likely I am to create problems further down the road. So my challenge for you, the next three to five days, and maybe just make it one day. Let's just call it one day. Each time you go to eat, take a mental note or physical note, if it's easier for you to put things on paper or in an app, however you want to make that note, for one day, each time, right before you eat, Take a note of what you feel emotionally. Uh, Take a note of what you feel physically. Are you starving? Are you satiated when you finish eating? Did you eat because you saw food and it looked appealing? Uh, Any little variable, any little note that you can take that might give you clues as to what you're experiencing before, during, and after when you eat could give you clues further down the road. After gathering your data from a day, and maybe you decide you want to take multiple days uh, to get a little bit better sample size. That is completely okay. But after you gather your results, start to review them and start to look at you know what does what is affecting your your eating. Is it the time of day? Is it the environment you're in? Is it at home, at work? Uh, right now in this pandemic world, work might be from home. Um, are the kids present? If you have kids around, are they present? Are they stressing you out? Are you at home, single, you know, start taking notes of what it is that is happening during your day when you're eating. And I'm, I'm willing to bet that you might start to find different keys, different clues as to what is triggering your eating and how your body and your mind might be responding. 
So when I when I start thinking about how I want to eat, what I want to eat, um, I have three rules for myself, and I didn't always have these three rules. I kind of came up with this about oh, probably about two and a half, three years ago, when working with clients. Uh, you know, clients will come to you and they decide, I want to look like this, or I want to achieve this with my my weight or my fitness, and you hear that enough times and you start you start giving them information okay let's work on this where are you at with this eating where are you at in your training cycle and you uh, you start to learn their habits you learn where they're where they're deficient where they're proficient and from there you start to build a map for them um, and the, for the several years that I was doing that before I found this I came up with this idea I noticed an overarching theme and I kind of realized I applied this these three rules to my life unknowingly until one day I put it out on paper while sitting down with a client and uh, and it was clearly in front of me and it made made sense to me I hope it makes sense to some of you at least one of you um, I'd be happy so my three rules are support my daily movement and athletic endeavors so whatever I eat, this is rule number one, does it support my movement and athletic endeavors? For me, I'm more of an endurance athlete. I still run marathons. I don't really ride my bike anymore. I sometimes hop on the mountain bike. But most of my training is uh, aerobic and you know, occasional anaerobic training uh, focused. I do hit training. I do still weight lift uh, to maintain you know, the mus- musculature that I feel I need to perform successfully and safely as an athlete. When uh, I also work long days, I'm on my feet most of the day from 4.15 a.m. to 8.30 at night. Uh, I love what I do, but I also have to take my nutrition into account uh, because I'm in the car a lot. Uh, I'm unloading the truck, I'm loading the truck, I'm all over the place, I'm demoing, I'm jumping around, helping people, um, and I need to take that into to account. So my nutrition needs to support my athletic endeavors uh, and my day-to-day movement. My next, my next rule, rule number two, is it needs to fulfill, my diet needs to fulfill my macro and micronutrient needs for a healthy body, both inside and out. And what do I mean by that? Uh, I mean that whatever I'm putting in needs to be a quality fuel source. So I could theoretically check box number one and move down to box number two and fail there. How could I do that? Um, as an endurance athlete, somebody who's active, I could simply grab a bag of nuts and a couple donuts and I would have my caloric needs met for for my movement. Um, you know, I could I could eat donuts and pizza all day. I move enough that I could probably get away with probably get away with eating that and not gain too much weight. However, it does not check box number two. It does not fulfill the macro and micronutrient needs that I demand for a healthy body. So when you're selecting your foods, 
You want to select foods that supply you with healthy nutrients. You want loaded calories, not empty calories. Uh, a joke I used to use with clients when I would coach group fitness was, all right, everybody, go home, um, get some water, uh, get some protein in you, carbohydrate, you know, healthy, healthy fats, eat a balanced, colorful diet. Um, no, by colorful, I don't mean eat a bag of Skittles. Uh, that doesn't count. And, you know, a few people would laugh. They get the joke. Uh, you know, when I say colorful diet, you want to include, you know, different, different vegetables, leafy greens, you know, bell peppers, all the different, all the different foods that are bright and colorful and phytochemicals and antioxidants. Uh, and same with your fruits. You know, your fruits, simple carbohydrates, your bag of Skittles, simple carbohydrates. You know, the body, the body's going to break them down and use them as fuel. However, a bag of Skittles is very nutrient deficient, whereas a bowl of pineapple, blueberries, and raspberries, while also still colorful, has far more nutrients. My third rule, and this is the one that is, the reason it's the third, it's at the bottom of the list, but it's the most important rule, in my opinion, is sustainability. So I get a, I get a diet that you know, fuels my, my endeavors. It's got me running. I'm moving. I'm not hungry every 10, 15 minutes. I can, I can live an active lifestyle. Two, I've got all of the nutrients that I need, you know, micros and macros. But is it sustainable? Is this a diet that I can both, one, afford to purchase? Is this diet, you know, cost prohibitive? Uh, is it so difficult to prepare uh, that it's so time consuming that I can't, I can't maintain, I can't keep up with, with this diet? Uh, or in the case of weight loss, uh, I'm personally not in an area where weight loss is an issue for me currently. Uh, but if I was, and for many of, of you that are out there struggling with weight loss, is a diet that you're on, can you sustain it? Uh, I mentioned earlier in the episode, uh, avoiding fad diets. And the reason I suggest that is you get into a fad diet, whether it's 14 day, 21 day, 30 day, whatever it is, cut this out, eat this, eat not that, whatever it is you pick, great. You know, that is a great stepping stone, but does it check box number three, the sustainability box? If it is not a diet that you can sustain for six months or more, or until you make a drastic change in your lifestyle, whether it's more activity, less activity, you know, sickness, health, whatever it is, unless there's a massive change in your lifestyle, that diet needs to be sustainable. So to wrap everything up, we've talked about macronutrients, a little bit about micronutrients, nutrition psychology, and my three rules for basic nutrition. In future episodes, we'll go, we'll go a little bit further into macronutrients in each, each class, carbohydrates, proteins, and fats, in a little bit more detail, uh, and how they function inside your body, how they're digested, how they supply energy, how that energy is burned. Uh, in future episodes, we'll also talk a little bit more about the psychology and different rules and how, 
how to apply those rules to your life, how to make those things work for you. If you like the podcast, please like, subscribe. If you'd like to hear more, we'll try to have a podcast about once every one to two weeks. Um, Again, this is the EverFit Podcast, and we will cover fitness, nutrition, and recovery with the main goal of helping you get better in those three areas. You know, whatever your whatever your goals are in life, whatever challenges you face, the idea is to have a source of information for you to fall back to so that you can make tweaks, changes, adjustments, and enhance those three areas in your life. Thank you for stopping by. As always, if you have any questions, please feel free to reach out to me via email, Trevor at everfit evrfit.com or social media at evr.fit. Stay tuned for the next episode. Until then, take care, everybody.